0: Theme music you're hearing Written, recorded, produced by the master Jay Hansen Over there <laughs> So if you like that <laughs> We have other things in store Hey Jay uh, yes, I'm sir. looking at some some uh, numbers For our, our little Beatle podcast here And uh, we've, we've had some growth My friend
1: Really? T- talk to yeah, me about we have.
0: that uh, Well, well we're, we're big in Spain now I guess people. No way So to all of our Spanish I listeners Hola I minored in Spanish at the University of Nebraska at Omaha.
1: Nice. Yeah, I failed but, yeah. miserably ordering coffee in Spain a few
0: years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so to all of our Spanish <laughs> listeners, hola, si, and no. Uh, still our Norway fans, still large and in charge. So if you're, wherever you're listening, uh, we've got a treat in store for you today. We're going to be talking about a huge hit. This is a three-chord song. Yeah. Started off as, yeah, a three chord song. You don't think of it. It was nearly the name of an album, nearly the name, well, it is going to be the name of a movie coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah, started know. off as a song called Commonwealth, which was kind of a McCartney riff on some political things that were going on in the UK at the time, including yeah. uh, people from Pakistan coming over uh, and... Uh, it's, it's kind of a mess There was a lot of uh, strife about it Like people saying McCartney was racist Because of some of the things they heard on these bootlegs Not the case He was actually making a satire on the song That became Get Back So this is a number one hit This is a huge song Let's just talk about the personnel I can do it from my head Because I've seen him play it on the rooftop a million times <laughs> We're going to start with Ringo on the drums yeah. On the rooftop What kind of a Ludwig kid is he playing on the rooftop, Jay? We're not going to notes here. We're riffing this. I think it's what do you got? is
1: it his Hollywood kid at this point? The, the maple kind of, the maple looking. The maple one? with the open uh,
0: with no head on no, it, right?
1: No no just one uh, just one bass drum skin, as they say. We got
0: some, some tea towels back there and you've got a very cold ringo and a very cool rain uh, red raincoat. Yeah. Rocking drums.
1: Mo's Moe's red raincoat
0: that's that's a that's another appearance from Mo in our podcast. We're going to talk about her later. She also makes an appearance on this song If you don't know who Mo is, you'll find out <laughs> uh, we've got George on a uh rosewood telly
1: yeah
0: uh through a what is he playing through those fender reverbs yeah, uh, they're, both all playing, they're all John and George are playing through
1: well he and John are, I'm not sure what Billy's playing through, but uh yeah, Fender twin reverbs silverface
0: mm looking cool George looking cool on that rooftop with we talked about this before in our yeah. let it be but he looks so cool up there in that that fur coat and those green pants yeah
1: and wicked he, the coolest tennis shoes I used to have tennis shoes like that yeah. and I wish I'd have bought like seven pairs of them because
0: like actual tennis shoes yeah
1: they're right? no like longer actual, available from Converse in there So cool.
0: they're sweet you got John again another fur coat action happening <laughs> on his casino stripped <laughs> down it's the casino we hear predominantly on the White Album. You hear it all throughout this album. The I've Got a Feeling, that is that sound, that casino roaring through that that reverb. You got yeah. Macca on his Hoffner. What is he playing through at that time, bass He's playing through a
1: Fender baseman.
0: amp. Oh, through a Fender Bassman. Yeah. And then the key ingredient on this song, yeah. the missing ingredient, Billy Preston Billy tearing Preston. It up yeah. on the keys. So that's our instrumentation. Talk to me about the producers and the engineers on this because it's kind of an odd hodgepodge here because Phil Spector produces this record
1: yeah yet wasn't wasn't present, present. in the
0: recording <laughs> right Right. And so you also have like actual recording from the movie crew that's there. So some of that talking that you hear, we're, we're going to reference the talking version, not necessarily the single version. We can talk about those. But that comes from, you know, the movie cameras that were set up for the filming of what was going to be Get Back, which eventually became Let It Be. Um, but how did they mic that on the on on the rooftop? We talked a little bit about it, and I've got a feeling, but I want to touch back because get back, you're talking about a song essentially pretended to be recorded live and recorded live. It's, it's several takes put together. Is that right, Jay?
1: Well, from my understanding, what we hear on record and the the single are um, not recorded on the rooftop. They were actually recorded in in. Apple in Studio, studio. Right? Um, and there's in in researching it today. There's some conflicting information as to whether the version on the album is different from the version that they released as the single. Um, mm-hmm. And so, out of curiosity, I loaded up the naked. The Let It yeah. Be Naked version, the mono single version, the stereo single version, and the version off of the album. And actually, none of them line up.
0: <laughs> that is the only, this is the only show where you'll hear this kind of research. <laughs> yeah. So, so you essentially, just- you're thinking we have different versions of all of the songs. I mean, you have different recorded versions of them, Well, uh, in so your I professional
1: was, opinion. I was trying to think, you know, it's like, okay, so we're working, we're working in an analog world at that point. With tape machines, which, you know, um, tape stretches, el- electricity yep. is not always necessarily perfect. And so, there could, you know, wow and flutter was a huge thing with, with tape machines. So, that's possible. I mean, but by the end of the song, we are a good measure off on wow. on some of the versions. So, I I don't know. I don't know that they're the same. I'd always heard that... that that the single version was different than, right. the, uh, than the album version. And, and, and Spectre faded it out and added, you know, edited in some of the talking because he wanted it to seem like it was a new Live. performance yeah. that was released right. on the album because the single had been out for a while at that point. So I don't know. This is also, um, in the research that I did, this is one of the few times
0: in rock history where the album version. Is shorter than the single. Yeah. Because the single has the out, you know, the. You know Wearing her long High heel shoes Or low neck sweater Get back home Loretta That's not in the album version Which is shorter So you have this anomaly I'm going to read to you What it says on, on the record I broke bo- I'm showing it to you Look at that I broke out the record Look today that. Nice This is a new phase Beatles album Essential to the content Of the film Let it, be was, Let it be Was that they performed live For many of the tracks In comes the warmth And the freshness Of a live performance As reproduced for disc By Phil Spector So they are selling you This idea that they Recorded this live which we know that they didn't i mean that like wings over America has a lot of overdubs the eagles live which is a killer live album most of that was done in the studio right this isn't new i mean they're tricking you a little bit um and but this song that's an interesting take because you have the single version you have the album version you have the let it be naked version sorry i had Today's show is sponsored by, um, this is our U2 cup. Remember we went to this concert? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a good concert. Yeah. But I, I drink those little noon tablet things, so I'm not drinking Gatorade. And this one had caffeine on it, so it's like I'm, I've had 15 cups of espresso. <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of information about Get Back Today. This, but I mean, I just think this is one of those songs, It you know, kind of like Revolution. There's a couple of, di- I like how the Beatles do that. There's a couple of different versions of the songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's just a cool Beatle thing. Again, something that nobody else was doing that they do. So George Martin produces this session.
1: Right, but not credited right, right. He, on the single not, either. They were man. they were George was was definitely in their uh you know, he was out of the circle at this point. What a weird thing. Yeah. Um Yeah. Just in case you're not a
0: huge and you're you know you're listening to this and not really understanding a lot of the history of the Beatles, this album was recorded before Abbey Road.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was released after Abbey Road, but recorded before. So that they had a film film crew you know around them all the time, which I think made an uncomfortable situation. And the movie, as we're kind of finding out now, because they are they are releasing Get Back in 2021, which is kind of a fresh take on on Let It Be. Yeah. Uh, that Peter Jackson is directing. But I, I think, you know, what. What the, when this movie came out, the Beatles were kind of taken aback because they're not the Beatles as presented to the world as they always had been. You see them fighting. They're not really getting along. It's kind of dreary, dark. It's very dreary, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, what Get Back is trying to do, this movie version, is trying to show that, you know, that was one person's take on it. Uh, that, that was the Michael Lindsay Hogg's take on what was going on around the Beatles, and that you could see that they were actually having a lot of fun. And I think we really hear that in this song. That it's, uh, you know, what, it, what did John call it? It's like his Paul redoing Lady Madonna.
1: Yeah, but it's a a pot boiler, I believe he's a he called
0: po- it. a pot boiler. <laughs> but it rocks. I mean, and you hear all the. There are a lot of these different versions of it. Um, let's talk about technically what's going on in this song, and I think it's important. Uh, Ringo playing the shuffle beat throughout.
1: Yeah, and 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 he evolved into that. I think there's early takes where he's not playing what what now is is another iconic to me Ringo drum yeah. beat. You know, it's so cool, and it it kind of makes the song because it's this is definitely the not not the most complicated Beatles song. I mean, it, it right. probably has like you said, three chords. I mean, they haven't three done chords, that since right. Love Me Do, I don't think. So Right. Uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah.
0: And it features something also very cool. Uh, and I went, did a little deep dive like, oh, this is the best guitar solo John Lennon ever played, somebody says.
1: It and is, I thought
0: about it and it's like, it is, he's technically a weird guitar player. And I mean, I think I'm kind of the same way. I'm not I'm not technically, I mean, I have, I think I, I don't know what I have, <laughs> but I, I think John and I kind of learned the same way where it was, it was an instrument that we fought. And so when a solo comes out of us, that's good. It's like, Ooh, ah, and this one, it's a great one from him. Can oh. you think of a better guitar solo from John other than,
1: uh, uh, there's, I, there's, uh, I call
0: your name. Can't do that. I was
1: say there's, there's one where I'm playing a 12 string.
0: You can't, it's, you can't do that. Yeah. The, right. You can't do that. Yeah, it's you can't do that.
1: Yeah. That one's that one's that one's up there, but this one's really good. And this one this one always I play it on the casino. John was a much smaller person than me, so his fingers were much ti- tinier. And so this one's a, <laughs> this one is a bitch for me to play. And I rarely get above a seventy-eight on guitar. On <laughs> we rock rate band. ourselves a Beatle rock band.
0: <laughs> it's you know, and I in the research that I'm doing found on this song, I, McCartney was kind of writing it as a country song.
1: Yeah, um, i read reference to country e- Joe and the fish, you know. Going yeah down you to know, the country.
0: I'm going down to the country, going where you want to go. Yeah. Get back to where you once belong. But that solo that John plays is is a very country solo. When you, yeah. You know, and kind of these. Yeah. Kind of all of in that little country uh, D shape up in the A form. And it's really cool. It is it's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, Paul's bass line, I think he's just kind of playing A throughout, right? He's just... Maybe on the GD, is he doing a... But I think he's kind of just writing A the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's it's not complicated musically, no. I mean, <laughs> right? the, the complicated part... What makes it cool is Billy Preston's Billy Preston, that's what and, I was... And uh, John's, John's solo, yeah. I mean, and not he just does, a solo. He does it twice. Yeah, and then he's got and those that... little, like... I know he feels <laughs> that he does with with yeah. Billy Preston, and they both they go yeah. different places um <laughs> yeah, I'm blanking like we talked the about notes, and, I,
0: but- and yeah, kind of like we talked about, and I've got a feeling um, there's this really cool inner i mean you can hear them being musicians, which I think is something that we kind of lost uh you know midway through the when Sergeant Pepper comes around. You know, they're not touring anymore. So the musicianship, you can't really hear them jamming. And right. I think you really hear them jamming. And that's what makes a three chord song like this rock so hard. Let's talk about Billy Preston. Um, there's, con- you know, we're going to talk about the fifth Beatle. All right. The fifth Beatle to me is about four or five different people George Martin, Brian Epstein, uh, Mal Evans, their road manager, Billy Preston for sure. And I'll put Yoko as the other fifth Beatle. Um, people that all were around them all the time. Neil Aspinall is probably in there as well. But you're talking about like the core group. So they mm-hmm. they meet Billy Preston in Hamburg.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah.
0: Right. So they meet. So they meet him in in their early days. So you have to think the Beatles at this point. They've been together eight years now, right? You know, kind of yeah. that lineup. Eight years. They're probably sick of each other. They like army, but you know, we've been there. We've been in a band together for fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know how that gets, right? I mean, there are times when we all get tired of each other, but you bring in a new person or you bring in somebody that used to jam with you or somebody that you knew in the early days and everybody kind of tightens up a little bit. And that was George's idea. Yep. And it and it pays dividends on this whole album. But in this song, I think the reason this is a number one hit is because of the flavor that Billy Preston puts on it. And I mean that throughout the band, the flavor that he added. Sometimes just bringing in one member changes the way an entire band sounds. And for the Beatles, you know, they, they brought in other members like George Martin or Nicky Hopkins, but there's still the Beatles. This time, they brought in somebody that they respected, I, I feel, on like a really deep level.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? I agree. Um, Again,
0: showing you the, the, how multifaceted the Beatles are welcoming somebody African American in the 60s into their band, and, and they welcome him as a member of the band, and it makes all the difference. So I take back to you, Jay,
1: <laughs> as I sip <laughs> no, my I, caffeine water. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it is, uh, you know, it's important that he was the only person to be credited on a single outside of the band. You know, he's certainly yeah. not the only person externally who played on a single. Um, no. So I think that Brian, I Brian, think that speaks yeah, I mean, it, it.
0: I think it does too, Jay. And I think, you know, when we were growing up, it, you you always talk about the Fifth Beatle, right? And that's why I kind of made up that. At, I think there are five Fifth Beatles. Um, yeah. And I, you know, people as I'm BeatlesBible.com, great website by the way, we endorse them. They have a lot of great information on there. But you can go down these rabbit holes, and you just have people talking about you know, this and that. And like, I know Well, when when they were there, John said to Billy Preston, it's like, listen, you have no idea who these people were, what they were doing. We all think we know, but what we can hear is that they bring in this guy and it makes all the difference. I think on the whole record, that kind of seemed like a dark time. Billy Preston lays that organ solo and let it be, plays the great stuff. And I've got a feeling don't let me down, which I, come on. Is there a better key solo on a Beatles song? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I want you. She's so heavy. Where Billy Preston comes back yeah. in and does it again. <laughs> that
1: that piece is amazing.
0: He is a very very important element to the last two records that the Beatles make. So uh, I got to see him live. Uh, no. When what? Clapton came to Omaha in the early two thousands, thank God Billy Preston was in his band. It was unbelievable. Um, Billy's where it's at, man. Love yeah. that guy. he's great in Rest the concert in peace, for Billy. George
1: too, man. He's so, so cool. Great. I mean, he just has such a great energy about him, you know. And it's and so that's, cool.
0: And I, maybe that's what I'm talking about—that you can feel in yeah. this record, especially in this song, that energy that he brings. You know, and on the rooftop, you don't even really see him, but right, when you right. do, he's just got yeah. his—he's got his head down, and he's just—he is. We know what that's like, Jay. We yeah. know what that's like. Yeah, it's we, cool. Again, I'll say when you're when you're in a band and you bring in somebody that makes you up your game, it makes all the difference and, and get back. I and mean, that's I think that's why we have a number one record yeah. out of this one. It's great. Let's talk about playing it live for a second.
1: Well, um, it, yeah, I alluded to it. It it is yeah. it is it is one of the harder songs for me to play. I think I, it is
0: one of the hardest songs to play live. Yeah, yeah.
1: It it's because it's all about it's all about feel. So the the drums uh you know have to be locked in. And yep. I yeah, I mean that that uh John's solo thing is is tricky for me for sure.
0: It um you and I kind of trade off that little like when you're playing the solo, I'll step in and it, it it's fun and there's a lot of interplay in this song. Um, and if you're in a band, if you play a stone song, you know what I'm talking about where Yeah, nice. Like, in a, right, in a Stone song, if there's one guitar playing the right part and the other guitar isn't, it's not going to sound like the Stone song. Like, you can't have satisfaction without the second guitar. It's not just down, 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 down. The bass line has to be just right. And in this song, everything has to be right, um, especially that key solo where that little boom, 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 ding, boom. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, you have to be, and so you and I, I mean, there's a lot of locking, and this is one of the few Beatles songs as well, where you're getting a lesson from John explaining to George how to play it. <laughs> you know, picture the fingers going, mm-cha, mm-cha, and you're like, damn, it is. So one guitar is like, mm-cha, 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 and one is, and the bass is, Dum-dum-dum. and good luck, guys. That's all I'm telling you. Yeah. It appears to be easy. You'll look at it in your chord book and be like, oh, we can do this. It's not as, it's not that simple.
1: Yeah, the um um the rhythm of it um reminds me a lot of even though John's not playing the rhythm between George and Billy Preston, it reminds me so much of I want to hold your hand because it's just like it's so so much the foundation of things down there, you know. And so we talk about uh, it's cool. yeah, yeah, we talk about um some, you know, people think, what's the hardest?
0: What are the hardest Beatles songs to play live? And people think, is it a day in the life? Is it I Am the Walrus of Strawberry Fields? And it isn't. It's songs like this, songs like I Want to Hold Your Hand, where there's feel, where it's like a complete feel song. Um, it's good to welcome the feel songs back into the Beatle catalog. And that's why I think I really, I mean, I do like this album. I listen to the, whole, like we talked about, I want to listen to the whole album to hear where it fits. And um, I think it should have opened. It's a good one Yeah Yeah Definitely Um, Did you find out Tell me some interesting things You found out Kind of in research
1: Um, Well you asked her Who who worked on it Um, Alan Parsons His first day As a tape op (laughs) Later to form
0: Dr. Evil's (laughs) Alan
1: Parsons project Thank you you. (laughs) I was working on that All morning And I still didn't get it That <laughs> was your first
0: <laughs> Dr. Evil <laughs> reference of our podcast. <laughs> I,
1: ha- I have my Austin Powers cut out just a few feet away, actually. But yeah, to- <laughs> baby. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Austin or uh, Alan Parsons, uh, you know, for those who don't know, went on to produce, record, engineer Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Considered
0: by many of the greatest rock record of all time.
1: And more importantly to Nebraskans, it, he you know, <laughs> wrote, wrote the song that the Cornhuskers walk out to.
0: To our European listeners, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> it's an American that, football reference. That's and all I have <laughs> to say about that. Um, I, George Martin, while, at the, um, while they were recording, asked, what are you calling this, Paul, when they were getting ready to record? And Paul re- responded, shit, shit, take one. So I liked that. Um, I found that one as well. I like that one. (laughs) Lots of editing by Spectre for the album version. Um, None of what was said beforehand or after was actually (laughs) happened during the recording. (laughs) Part part of the process. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, I think the thing that I found most interesting was the the racial stuff, how this song started out. So, so Maca kind of wanted a little satire on, you know, Britain. Britain was having an immigration issue, huh? Yeah. Huh. (laughs) And then they had
0: people from other countries that had to live sometimes sixteen to a flat, as they talked about.
1: Too many Pakistanis Uh, living in a council flat was. was There you go. That was one of the lines, and
0: so that's why it's get back, as a satire, not actually telling people to get back.
1: Yeah, and that they, is an
0: interesting part of yeah.
1: Yeah, I like, no, I didn't know that in, until this morning, and I think that's uh, they thought better of it, feeling like the, because Paul was was tagged as a racist when when yeah. some of those alternate takes came out, um, and so I thought that was that was interesting. I didn't know about any of that stuff, so they they. They kind of change direction with the lyric. It's kind of a nonsensical lyric in many yeah. ways um, at this point. Yeah. Um, John thought it, it was aimed at Yoko because right. every time Paul sang it in the studio, he looked at Yoko when he said, when he sang the line, get back to where you once belong. Or at least that's <laughs> what John thought. So, yeah. um, what else? The only other, other thing I have. U2's Where the Streets Have No Name, inspired by the rooftop concert. Their they're, they're video of it, because they do a Way it to in bring Los it Angeles. home, pal. Yeah, Way you know, I get, if I can get yeah. a U2 reference, I'll do it. <laughs> um, let's see. One of the no mono mix, probably the first non mono single. They only went stereo. because Is that because of stereo. Phil Spector? Um, or is that because of uh, te- technology? Um, No, because this was this was the single, so this was this was before Phil. So I think I think uh, Stereo had been tabbed okay at that point. So got it. Uh, Macca heard an early mix on the radio and uh, decided it needed to be remixed, and so they went <laughs> back and remixed it
0: lot of issues in that whole uh, the whole Phil Spector <laughs> debacle with Paul not liking what he was hearing.
1: <laughs> That's all I got. Oh, and, I, and Billy Preston, possible background vocal. Really? Yeah. There, Never heard that. I hadn't heard that either. I, I would I help, like that. I'll have to listen. We'll give that a deeper listen. listen.
0: Okay. Linda McCartney. Do you know where she was from? Where she went to school, I should say. I believe it was school. I'm riffing off the top of my head. I don't know where she's
1: from, but she spent some time in, in Tuscan. In Tuscan, Arizona, <laughs> where Paul has
0: a—he's um, got a beautiful ranch out there, and we play in Tucson. We always invite Paul to our shows, and he's yet to accept our invitation, which is fine. Uh, some, some people believe that it was about uh, Linda's husband— um, whose name he, he had reference to Tucson. Joe was his name. He didn't go by Joe, so that that's been debunked. Uh the Sweet Loretta Martin was a made-up name, of course. Uh, but this is one of the first references we get directly about pot in a Beatles song. It's it's danced around a lot in other songs. Got to get into my life is a direct reference to to Pot. Uh this is where he says California grass. That's
1: right. Yeah.
0: Um Personal feelings about this song, um, I, have, I have a lot of them. Like, I remember playing it live for the first time. I remember exactly where I was, how it fell apart, how wrong I was to call the song, thinking it's just three chords. It was at uh, the Mexican food place in Legacy, Roja was right when it first opened. It was like 2000, hmm. whatever. And I played a private party there and I called I called this song. I was like, get, get back. Don't worry about it. And it was a disaster because <laughs> nobody knew the stops. And the yeah, so don't try this live. But I also have... If you come to our shows, you see video of our dad that I put up on the screen. At the very end of the video, it shows my dad kind of dressed as Paul and, and we put the dates of his life, you know, 53 to, to 96. And in that video... As little kids, we were recreating Get Back on the Rooftop That's with our awesome. dad. And our dad, is, our dad is being Paul, and we're all in the right Beetle formation, and I'm John. So I'm, I, I have a real soft spot for this song. I love it. Um, it's a good one. How about you? Any personal mem- memories of this song?
1: No, it just, it is, uh, it, it, when I think of Get Back now, I just know that I struggle playing it live.
0: <laughs> but it's always fun to play it live though that's the cool thing right, uh, the t- yeah. where, where it's placed in a set, it's a great rocker um, Paul kills this live in fact when, when you and I got together I was watching uh, I think it was 2018 in, in December at the O2 Arena Paul brought out Ronnie Wood who then brought out Ringo and they played Get Back on stage so, so
1: cool
0: Great live versions of this song. Um, There's a lot of rap songs called Get Back. In case you're doing that deep dive, I listened to a couple. They were badass. (laughs) Hey, uh, before we rate these songs, which is kind of our thing, um, I know that we have people that are listening but not subscribing. So I guess this is what we have to do, do, Jay. We have to invite people to subscribe to our podcast because we do have a lot of. Yeah, we have a lot of you listening and not subscribing. So we're not going to be annoying. We're not going to send you emails and all that stuff. We're just going to put out podcasts, hopefully once a week, at worst, once every other week. Uh, We are going to get busy because life for us is starting to resume, but um, we'll still be back. We can do this anywhere now, buddy.
1: Yeah, that's what's cool. Yeah.
0: We're, uh, this show is sponsored by Waterloo Coconuts. If you haven't had the coconut by Waterloo, damn! What kind of coffee cup you rocking there, buddy?
1: Well, same coffee cup. Uh, I'm doing. Oh, I don't even remember what coffee I'm. I'm. am drinking coffee. That's all I got. Excellent. Uh, again, our bibliography is.
0: We used Revolution in the Head as a reference. I used BeatlesBible.com uh, to do some
1: deep research. Jay and has how
0: many years of experience listening to the Beatles, my friends?
1: Well, I started listening to him when I was probably five because I spun my sister's Red album continuously on her little green and white uh, mm. hi-fi, and I'm using hi-fi in, <laughs> in quotes because the speaker's actually attached to the record player and you could carry it around as a briefcase. Mm. Um, but, uh, and the, but the coolest thing about that, right before The Help, which was on second side um it had do 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 from from the movie it had the james oh, bond theme Nice. I, if i could find that today i'd be so happy but somebody could
0: send that a link to that and i know there's a record store out there listening to us
1: yeah they anyway, yeah it exists somewhere but anyway uh yeah i 45
0: plus years of experience uh, on each end of uh, for us we we love this music so if you have any suggestions any songs you'd like to hear info at billy my name is spelled B-I-L-L-Y-M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N u i g a n it is now time to give this our glass onion rating Jay as always I turn it over to you I have a not predetermined score for this one oh okay so I'm, talk to uh,
1: me I'm going uh I'm going 7.8. 7-8. Yes. Excellent. Um, number one hit. It is It is probably one of the most well-known Beatles songs, mm-hmm. I, I would think. I mean, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I remember having the 20 greatest hits of the Beatles and it was on there. So I'm like, wow, if you're in the top 20 of of that catalog, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, it's a funny lyric. Uh, I think it's... You know, there's a lot of different versions of it, which is which is kinda cool, you know, as a as a Beatle nerd, uh, to like kinda dig into it and, and see how it progressed. Um it's part of why I didn't go higher is that it it <laughs> it does have a a connotation of failure for me.
0: Personal (laughs) reasons. It loses two points from the Russian judge or the Norwegian judge, (laughs) based upon (laughs) degree of difficulty.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So um, that's probably the reason I I I tap it down. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna
0: set I'm gonna set something up for you. I'm gonna give it a really high score. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give it a nine point three. Nice. It, it is. I remember. I've always liked this song. I told. I told you why. You know, it makes me think of my dad, and my brothers, yeah. especially. Um, and I love playing it live. I'll always think of Rich Miller starting this song and just trying to figure out, does this get back? And he, <laughs> I love those moments. Um, <laughs> when I went to see, uh, when I went to see Love in Las Vegas for the first time, I've seen it, I think, fifteen or sixteen times at this point. And every single ever effing time, Jay, every single time I see that show, you, it starts, you know, and they're climbing up and you hear Sun King done a cappella. And then there's the chord from A Hard Day's Night, then the drum solo from Abbey Road. And then they start playing Get Back. And I could feel my heart racing and the hair standing up on my arms. And then when you hear the bum, bum, everything falls. In in the room, and you see the Beatles like projected up on the screen on the rooftop. It's one of the baddest ass things I've ever seen, and it's because of this song. And I don't know any other Beatles song, maybe Revolution, that you could put in that spot that would have the same effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I rate it so high. I just think it's it's a gr- it's one of their best rockers. And again, Paul, not considered the rocker of the group, comes out with. Swinging with Get Back yeah. So I rate it very high 9.3 Nice for me Which put, puts it in the quintessential Billy Playlist Beatles songs So if I'm ever putting that together I gotta put it in there
1: <laughs>
0: Nice <laughs> So Jay we got back You know We did, we, uh, we did a new phase Beatles song uh, It also I love how it thanks, it thanks on the back of the record uh, George Martin, Glenn Johns who went on to produce uh, the Eagles and Led Zeppelin? Did he produce Led Zeppelin or did he just engineer Led Zeppelin? He produced the Eagles' first records. Billy Preston, Mal Davies, Peter Brown, Richard Houston, Brian Rogers. And we thank them as well. Jay Hansen, yeah. I thank you. I thank you. I thank all of you for listening to us. Uh, we'll be back. Jay, you get the next choice.
1: Yeah, we're going you hey, thought bulldog. About? hey Bulldog. Hey <laughs> Bulldog. Oh, Baby. yeah. Hey, hey,
0: hey, yeah, that hey, sounds Bulldog. fun, man. Oh man! <laughs> Speaking of a great rocker. <laughs> all right, all right. I love it. We'll be back next week, next month. I don't know. I don't. Know. When is it with Hey Bulldog? So on behalf, oh, I have one quick story before we we leave. Yeah, yeah. We we were we were booked to do yesterday and today in a place that didn't want to book us. Again, we don't dress up like the Beatles. We're kind of a unique show, and you know. <laughs> We don't always get booked in places other people get booked. So this guy's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, we'd love to have you." And I find out minutes before the show that it's kind of an audition. Like the guys, the guys like, "I'll I'll introduce you to other people if you do well." And I didn't think anything of it. That happens in our business. Who cares? Sure. And at the end, at the end of the show, we play Helter Skelter, right? This was uh, this was a show where you and I went to roller coasters. It was that show.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Yep. All, right. All right.
0: So uh, so I, we play the show, and it was insane. I mean, I think there were 2,000 people there, 3,000 people. Yeah, that was Just a, big, a killer that show. was a big venue. Big mm-hmm. one. It's cool. We're na- I mean, standing ovation. We're in our third encore, which is Helter Skelter. Third encore is always Helter Skelter. At the end of it, I say thank you, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves and I hope we pass the audition and we hit the note and I walked off stage and the guy was standing there he goes, well I'd say you did (laughs) he thought he didn't know that it was a Beatles thing and (laughs) and I anyway, we have a lot more of those moments, like people will say, oh my god you do the best Billie Holiday anyway (laughs) For me, Billy McGuigan, and my great friend, Jay Hansen, this is Looking Through the Glass Onion. We'll see you around.